So my dad passed away in 2015. We weren't talking and it took a month for his family to track me down. Before I ever knew he was gone, I started hearing from him in heaven. It consumed me. How is communication with the other side even possible? I left my corporate gig, studied with spiritual teachers on every coast, and worked with my angels to figure out the answers. Today, my mission is teaching you how to raise your vibration, shift your thoughts, trust your intuition, develop your unique spiritual gifts, and connect with your loved ones and angels on the other side. Friends, when you have these tools, life really does become heaven on earth. Hello, beautiful souls. Welcome back to the Angels and Awakening podcast. I'm your host, Julie Jancis, and you are going to love, love, love this conversation today with Constant Kello. She is the head. You founded Namaste Publishing. You published two books yourself, The How to the How to Inner Peace, and the Chronicles of Biza, a student of truth. A student of truth, the Chronicles of Biza, this is your latest book, right? Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm delighted. I love the name of your show, Angels and Awakening. I'm right in there. (laughs) Oh, I love that. I know. I am so excited for our conversation today to get to know more about you. And this book is fantastic. It really goes through and it talks about just different stories where you come into awakening, you come into peace, you come into truth just by these stories that we can all relate to that are just so peace-filled and beautiful. How did this book come to you? So it's a lovely story. It's in the book that I was on vacation with my family in Naramata, BC, which is in the interior and in the wine district area. And we would go there every summer for about four years. And one summer, I took my laptop with me thinking that I may be inspired to write something. At that time, I was writing a lot of blogs and things like that. So I sat down to write, and suddenly it looked like a book was coming out. Ten chapters, and it was just bang, bang, bang in scope and sequence. And then I went back to the first chapter, and a story emerged. And I don't know where Biza came from. I do know. He is an enlightened, gentle, loving soul who is in the pursuit of truth and has joined an ashram to do this. And the stories just came. And I realized after his friends, there's Biza, Akina, Lila, Tonga, all the ah which is a very, very high vibrational, spiritual and soft sound. So his gentleness, his uh, humanness, his playfulness just came through. And actually, I'm almost finished the second book. And I'm realizing now that at least in the second book, more of 
what I am seeing, what I know, what I look out at and see in life and the lessons life is bringing us, then I put it into Biza's words. So who came first, Biza or Constance? I don't know, but we are so conjoined at this time. I love Biza. Everyone who's read the early review copy raves about Biza. My 85-year-old friend can't put it down. She says she literally carries it from one room to another. So from ages six to 85, Everyone is embracing it. It's so accessible. And of course, what is, I think, unique about this book is not only Biza, his nature, the wisdom of the master, the interesting other characters within the ashram who are his friends, but the fact that it came through in story. And once you've read the story, like washing the master's feet. And the lesson is serve and be served. Give and receive. And it's so clear through the story. So you will remember that. You will carry that. You will integrate that into your soul through the story. And everyone is getting it. Getting the stories, embracing Biza, asking themselves, what would Biza do? He's so alive in their energy body, in their spirit, that he's like a character in their world now. It's absolutely wonderful, and it's so accessible worldwide. We just sold the German language rights to both Biza and the how to inner peace, which is an indicator that it is going to spread worldwide. And there's nothing I get more joy from than knowing that I can be in a position of service to my fellow man through my writing, through my publishing. But part of the charm, the essence, the quality, the power of the book is in the illustrations. My daughter, Mary, did the illustrations. She got so in tune with Biza and his friends that she was able to depict in her illustrations the gentleness, the simplicity of Biza and his friends and make them embraceable. Everyone wants to embrace them. I've been asked, do you have Biza dolls? I want a Biza doll. I want to go home at, after work and put on my pajamas and go into a chair, open Biza and cuddle Biza as well. <laughs> <laughs> so um, Biza is just a delight. The second book just came it's almost done. It's just pouring out. So there is this connection between myself and this energy of Biza. And we, we, we go back and forth, back and forth. He tells me something. I tell him something. I interpret what he says and put it into story. And the levity within the book is important too. We learn through joy, through laughter, through gentleness and 
people relax into the book and therefore they open themselves, their hearts, their souls, their minds to the lessons of truth in there. Yeah. Oh, you know, I have to ask you now, when you started writing this and when you sit and this flows through you, I know that, you know, art, well, you don't know us. Our audience is so in tune with Eckhart Tolle, with yes. um, your writings, with understanding being in the now, what it is to be in high vibration, and just to connect with that divine wisdom within all of us. And, you know, when people learn how to develop their spiritual gifts through Reiki energy healing or an energetic healing program. You can connect with angels on the other side or right or different beings on the other side. Absolutely. We there we're all one. All affects all. There may be different realms or I don't like to use levels, realms of existence, but all of those realms are part of who we are. We're connected with them. I am so familiar with Archangel Michael. I call on him all the time. I almost want to say, hey, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, I not only believe in angels, I talk to angels. I know they're around me. So I know I can access the energy yeah. of Archangel Michael, the energy of Archangel Shamiel, the energy of the joyful angels and so forth. So maybe that preparation or coming into that awareness that I can tune into and access anything opened a portal yeah, for Bisa to come through for that little energy packet. Friends, I've got a few announcements. This month's winner of the drawing is Rebecca Nagel, who gets one free session with me. Email me a screenshot of your five-star positive review on Apple Podcasts for your chance to win next month. Details are in the show notes. Friends, in the Angel Membership, I'm teaching a new course on finding your soul's purpose. Why is your soul here? What is your path forward? You'll connect with your Seraphim Angels, Seraphina, Archangel Raziel, and more to find your answers, create a roadmap plan, and feel confident about your soul's purpose. Take this course live in May 2021 or anytime in the future by signing up for the Angel Membership today. The Angel Membership guides you through every step of your spiritual awakening and provides a private community of like-minded souls. Also, a new class of the Angel Reiki School begins on May 1st. Join this separate program to develop your unique spiritual gifts and become an Angel Reiki Master. Friends, I'm still offering private readings. To book one, sign up for our weekly Angel email. Once a month, you'll get an email that contains a link to book your session online. One more thing, I am loving spending time with you live and answering your questions on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook. Follow me over there and on YouTube for tons of new content. Thanks so much for your support and sharing this podcast with your people.
that's what I wanted to ask you. So you feel Biza is an energy from the other side coming through, correct? Well, no, not because everything is inside. So you can talk about the other side, but it's all inside because we embody everything. And part of the how is we want to know who we truly are. And back in the ancient Greek time, a high priestess was supposed to have channeled the god Apollo. And the message was, know thyself. Who are we? Who are you? And today we're still struggling with that. And so I posit, is it because we don't know how to find out who we truly are? Well, I know for me, uh, at least in 2020, it's been this integration of how, because I I read your first book too. And I want to say, you know, my girlfriend, Kim, she is so hysterical at, at a girlfriend lunch one day before COVID. She was like, Julie, you know, the book that you need to write is she goes, and I've never said this. Okay. But she goes, somebody needs to rewrite Eckhart Tolle's book in a way that layman can understand it. Just like everybody can understand it. Cause she goes, some parts just go right over my head. Cause I recommend that book to everyone, right? All of his books are on my nightstand yours as well. And so I read the how to inner peace and I was like, she did it. Constant, you know, that book is his message in a way that everybody, it can't go over your head where everybody can come into truth within themselves. And I was like, oh, well, that book doesn't need to be written. It's done. This brings up a wonderful point. Why did I put that title on the book? Mm -hmm. First of all, I think we're all looking for inner peace and many of us don't know how to find it, or we touch into it and lose it, and so forth. I think even the enlightened masters at times, you know, peace fades to the background a bit, and then later comes to the foreground and so forth. But the how, I wanted to take the conceptual and bring it to the experiential. We don't know anything for sure unless we have experienced it. How do you know what stillness is unless you have experienced inner stillness? Inner stillness is a state of no thought. It is a felt state. And once you have touched and experienced stillness, you cannot question that it is within and it is part of your true nature. So the how also for me is important because I think the zeitgeist of our times is how. How how do we deal with systemic racism? How do we bring polarities together to cooperate How do we come to know who we truly are? How, how, how? And I wanted to put that forward. I do think it, well, the challenge is how do we 
how do we forestall the speed of global warming? We're, and there's such an urgency, Julie, such an urgency to find out how so we can move forward on all fronts, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, individually, collectively, it's how. So I really feel that deeply within myself. That's the new zeitgeist. That's the new energy that is prevailing our times and we have to attend to. But I didn't want to put this out in a way that, oh, how to lose 10 pounds and keep it off in 10 days. <laughs> I wanted to put it out in the, the broadest way, the most important way. And it is about individuals finding inner peace and how to do that because we will never have external peace until we have inner peace. It's always inward, outward. So let's go deeper into this because I'd love for the audience to take away just little nuggets of information that they can apply to their their lives. And I don't have this right in front of me, but did I read it right? Did the How to Inner Peace come out in 2006? No, it's actually not even out yet. Oh, it's, that's the one that's not out yet. Oh, I had it. Publication date is 2021, January 15th. The Biza book is out already. Oh, okay. Sorry, they flipped flopped them. I'm sorry about that. So yeah, because I was going to say, wow, that came out in 2006. I was like, that was so far ahead of its time. (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, You know, Julie, I couldn't have written the how before this time in my life, there had to be a maturity, a struggle, figuring things out, trying to convey and teach through my own awareness and experience. And when I would teach, especially inner body meditation, the participants would always say, oh, thank you, Constance, for showing us the how. Yeah. So that's what I wanted to do in this book. There's a lot of the why too, but all of those practices help you integrate those truths and the awareness of who we truly are into our lives. So it's a serious book and it's for serious people who really want to tackle everything. It's not an easy read. Julie, I'm finding that people read the Biza book, you know, uh, they don't even read that quickly. They pause, they read a couple stories at a time, but it's a smaller book. But I do find that people say, oh, they only read a chapter or two at a time because there is so much to integrate. And even though in the introduction, how to read this book, I tell people to read it just from beginning to end and then go back. No one's able to do that as far as I know. (laughs) 100%, 100%. Can I read one paragraph? I got a couple of paragraphs if you don't mind. No, love it. Okay, so you you say, when you come into the realization of your true self that expresses itself through your individual form, you realize that stillness, peace, love, and joy within, you are not within you are not exclusively yours. One cannot say my peace and your peace. There is simply peace 
joy, love are qualities of our true self. They are unchanging, invisible, and eternal. They cannot be threatened. They cannot be threatened. I think that statement alone, my heart just went, because I feel like I've been fighting or like, so context matters. So we're December 14th, you know, 2020, and this will air in the new year. But I feel like there's been so much of holding that high vibration. I call what Eckhart calls the now holding that high vibration. I feel this tingly energy above my head. It's almost as if my consciousness is more out here than inside the center or the spine or the body. That's how it feels anyway. And in 2020, you are are an embodiment of universal consciousness as all of us are. We just have not yet come to experience that and yet you're in the field of universal consciousness so and there's basically no separation we call we talk about non-dualism to me that is a way of seeing it there's no separation between our divine source and us we are extensions of our divine source the difference is we cannot be source it's like parents can give birth to children But children can't give birth to parents. That's the difference. We are so we are we are the extensions of of source. We are the expressions of source, the embodiment of divine source. We are. And once we come to realize that, then the ego, the ego, that false separate self. The ego that believes it is separate, alone, has to struggle to be safe, to be better than, all of that stuff. Once you realize that, the ego, the false self, just starts to fade away. Oh, yeah. It starts to fade away. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we talk about that all the time. I'm so glad. I want to go back to a point that you talked about. I think this, what you said, is a point that people have a hard time grasping. When we talk about us being a part of source, being one with source, but not being source. And I like the way that you phrased it. Wish I could replicate it better. But because a lot of people who come from like a religious background, right, with that ideology stuck within their head, they'll come and when they in order for them to come into oneness, they need to get this on a different level. But what I hear from them a lot is, but Julie, we're not God, right? And so talk to that point, because that's exactly what you're saying, just in a different way. They get stuck on this a lot. And I feel like that is really hurting a lot of people from experiencing, like to your point that you were talking about, the oneness of all that is and, and really coming into this more. Well, I think I was brought up a strict Roman Catholic, so I know what you're talking about. And there was this separation of God from my own soul, my own individual expression of God. And the fear that came with that, the conditioning that came with that, that is still something that I carry today. I'm aware of it, but I know how deep that conditioning is. And one of the ways that we can come to know that we're all one is experiencing it 
with others, experiencing it with others. And if you, you know, one of the, the things, if you're in a spiritual group or meditation group, that experiencing of something together makes you just automatically feel the field of oneness that you're part of. And you just shift from I to we. We had a, a Zoom Sangha meeting last week, and one of the participants said, you know, when I say the meta prayer, may I be at peace? She said, I is we. I don't even think anymore that it's I. It, it becomes we. So the meta prayer, you move from may I be at peace to may you, may we. But that was an indication, that was evidence of her shifting from this individual self to part of the whole, to oneness. And the biggest impediment to all of us to come into that realization is to be able to recognize that we have identified with the false egoic self that believes in separation is driven by fear. Once we can recognize it, as Eckhart says, you can distance yourself from it and you know you're not the ego. But the ego is so tricky, I call it the trickster, it can come forward in so many ways and blindside us and maybe it's only after the fact that we recognize, oh, that was my egoic reaction. I was threatened or I came from fear and that's not me. But many people can't recognize when the ego is active in their lives. So there's that section in the how, what is the ego? How can you recognize it? How can you overcome it? Because that is such an important piece, Julie. Oh, yeah, 100%. Well, I think I'm close to an aha moment here with you. So there are so many people who talk about vibration, and I talk about vibration a lot. I know you talk a lot about vibration in your book. There are certain vibrations that we have to go through that don't feel comfortable all the time. There's a point in your book where you talk about, you know, the spiritual bypassing, and we're not trying to bypass that there's action that needs to be taken in the world. We're not trying to bypass that there are words that need to be spoken in this world. But when you go through and you take some of those actions, right, like this year, this past year has been a huge learning journey for me, right, to understand my privilege as a white female and going through that did not feel good to look at myself and say at the beginning, well, I'm a good person, you know, I don't have a racist bone in my body. And then realize that there's certain privileges that I hadn't been aware of before. That wasn't like a fun process to go through, but I could feel an underlying peace inside, right? That spirit was guiding me that this is the journey that I'm supposed to be on. This is what I'm supposed to be going through. 
do we place too much emphasis on the vibration? Whereas where Eckhart Tolle talks about the now, and when you talk about the now, that that shifts the mind out of vibrational thought, thinking about whether we're in low vibe or high vibe, to just peace. We're just here. We're just in beingness. We're just... Well, I, I agree. When you're in the now... Almost always, unless you're being tortured, unless you've just been in an accident, almost always, when you're fully present in the now and mindful, there is peace. It's all around us, but it's something we we don't recognize because we're primarily driven by fear and conditioning. And so it's like I can ask a group of people, I'm teaching. Okay, just look around and tell me what you see. Tell me what you see. And invariably, none or maybe one will mention the space. They will mention all the objects, everything. But the most pervasive thing, space, they don't see. It's so obvious it blinds them. Until we are brought to an awareness of the space around things and how important it is, because in that space, it's not empty. It's filled with energy, vibrational energy. And I'd like to go back, Julie, to what you talked about, because it was so well expressed that I think we've all gone through so much this year. And we didn't choose to go through this. We were put in a position to have to experience what we experienced. And that was not comfortable. And in the how I talk about not only our inner knower, that we can go and ask and rely on and tap into the wisdom of the cosmos, of our the wisdom within our body even, And the inner knower, the inner grower, that is part of our inner knower, it knows we have to grow. And it is not comfortable. And it doesn't force us. It always gives us the choice between the comfortable pew, as I mentioned, the comfortable pew and moving, I call it against the arrow. It's like an arrow's in here. It doesn't feel good. But That is your growth trying to come through. So if you can feel those uncomfortable vibrations in your body, and they're not comfortable, as you know, as I know, and realize that this is coming from your own higher knowing, for your own growth, for your greater good. And it's just a vibration. It's just a vibration. It's not threatening. It's just a vibration. It's an indication that you're not dead. You're not a robot. (laughs) But you are a growing, pulsing, living soul. Yeah. So I know that so much of what we try and express as people who speak about the spiritual realm, there's really no words to convey. 
right? But we do our best to use words in order to help others understand. I'm wondering if you can help people understand what the experience of being in presence, being in the now feels like to you. Well, I love that incident in the book where I talk about this fellow who attended one of those kind of three-day, week over-the-weekend workshops that is facilitated by somebody to help you get in touch with your, your wounds, your pain body, and bring those into your awareness so that you can let them go. So at the end of this workshop, one fellow went up to the instructor and said, I just can't let this, and then he explained. It was something about his parents. I just can't let this go. And the instructor said, just be here now. And he said, but I don't know how. And the instructor said, just be here now. But I don't know how. So the how of now, that's really important. And we must give Eckhart Tolle full credit for bringing these portals into our awareness, how to come into the now, the breath, when you are conscious of your breath, you are in the present moment, when you are aware of silence, you're in the present moment, when you experience stillness, you're in the present moment, when you inhabit the inner body, when you feel that vibrational energy within your body, it takes attention away from the thinking mind and you're in the now, you're in the body. So the body is, is so important, like our physical vehicle is so important, although it's really an illusion because it's 99.9% space and the rest biophotonic light. <laughs> so it's quite a journey. And I, I put a lot into that book that I had to struggle with, come to know through my increased awareness by, you know, tapping into the universal intelligence, the divine intelligence, and through my own experience. And I have had a number of arrows right here. <laughs> That inner grower has, and it will always, as Biza says, a master will always be a student. Now, in your book, you talk about different uh, yogis, gurus, philosophers, saints, all predicting this transition, this awakening. I didn't realize that they had predicted this. Can you talk to us a little bit about this? Well, I have such high regard for Pierre de Chardin, Sri Aurobindo, although they um, are not alive, and then going back to St. Paul, one of the Christian apostles, they all predicted, and even the Hopi elders, the Hopi elders predicted this time that would be preceded by turbulence, but it would be ushering in a new level of being human. And they called it the light body. 
they called the light would come in and we would realize the light within and the light without and we would have a different human experience then so that was that's really hope, hopeful and when i came to understand all of this it was so edifying absolutely have to have hope and this has been we're we're on projectile and we're exactly where we need to be as a species right now and we are on the cusp of making that leap but all evolutionary leaps have been crisis driven all of them so this leap that i believe humanity can take it's not a given it is a possibility this leap that we can take is is there and if we all or a sufficient number of us come into this awareness and do the work because it is work taking time to go inward meditate stepping up your spiritual practices all that it requires commitment and work and we have to do the work or not it's our choice What's our choice? Well, and I love how you keep the book um, so focused on the positives, too. I mean, you talk about hunger, severe hunger being reduced from 50% in 1966 to 9% in 2017, from water from a protected source rising from 58% in 1980 to 80%. 8% in 2015, the number of girls registered in primary schools rising to 90% in 2015 from 65% in, in 1970. So there are some great things happening and we have to. Absolutely. This is kind of a renaissance of, of creativity, of innovation in almost all areas. It's, it's actually so exciting but the ego wants you to stay in fear and, and not open to seeing all the good news. The breaking news on TV is almost all based on fear. Yeah. And, and they hype the sound. They, they, it, it's, people are afraid and then they feel almost, this is just my opinion, I have no proof, but they feel if they address fear like that over on the TV, then it's going to be easier for them to address it when they have to personally experience it. It's, it's, it doesn't make sense. But fear is, is, has been, the last year, I think, the predominant energy on the planet. And we've got to reverse that. And, of course, the reversal is love. Love drives out fear. That's the only power that can do that and yeah. bring fear, our fear under control. So we have an opportunity to flip things around now. Mm-hmm. And with everyone in need, and we need to care for each other, not just ourselves during this pandemic, but care for others. We can flip it around that we're more 
caring about others and coming from fear for ourselves. We have that opportunity. That would be a huge, huge shift for humanity. So there's an opportunity out there. And there's so much good news. But, you know, we have to look for it. And so I wanted to show in the book, you know, statistically, there's so much good news. Look at how mankind has advanced. And that hope is definitely justified. But, Julie, we have to sometimes hunt the good stuff. We have to look for it purposely and then build on the positive, build on what we have to be thankful for, build, 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 build on that. So it, it sometimes it's hard to see the good, but it's our responsibility to look for the good, be grateful and build on that. Yeah. So we all have to become uh Goodwill hunters. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love that movie too. That's a great movie. Oh, oh my gosh. You crack me up. You crack me up. You know, I got to read too. This is one of my favorite lines from your book too. And it goes along these lines of what we're talking about. To look outside of ourselves for leaders is not what we're supposed to do. We are the ones we have been waiting for. That's right. That is what you write. We are the ones we have been waiting for. And that, oh my gosh, I read that and I was like, yes, that is the message that we've been trying to get through to on this podcast. Because if you are a soul here and now in this lifetime, in this moment in our world, you're here for a reason. You have very deep purpose in this. And we chose to be here this time. Yes. 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 Absolutely. I think there are more light workers on the planet than ever before. And I think the light will be coming in evidently and hopefully very quickly in 2021. You've heard the kind of predictions of the winter solstice. And at that time, which is not far away, December 21st, that there will be an energetic or opening which will allow the the light energies i don't call good or bad light or dark i call it conscious and unconscious so the higher consciousness energies to come in and influence and support and help humanity so this there's great hope great hope um I just fairly sizzle when I think when I think of how close we are, how close we are to making that leap. But we can't take it for granted. It's not predetermined. It's in potential. And that's why we are the ones we have been waiting for. We must take responsibility. It's not going to happen out there. We're fixated on what's happening out there in the world. And yet it's all happening because of what is inside individuals what so it's inward outward we will not see a different world until we become more conscious loving human beings and then we will 
So this is a totally another topic to go into, but I have to go here because <laughs> work with so many energy healers and um, light workers and angel reader- readers. There are just so many people who have come to me, not like, Julie, I want to write a book just to write a book, but really having something from their heart to gift to yeah world. And you are the head, you you founded Namaste Publishing. I want to hear your story. How did you found this publishing house? How did you build this? And how does a person who is out there, who's not coming from a place of ego, but truly just has a message flowing through them to bring to this world, what is the best way to go about bringing that into the world, birthing that into the world? Well, I think power of noble intention is so creative. The power of the heart of coming from that love intention is so powerful. The heart is 5,000 times stronger magnetically than the brain. And so, no wonder when you come from the heart, You can manifest so quickly. And looking at it from a higher level, when you come from the heart, when you come from love and not self, little self, egoic self, when you come purely from love and service, why, why would divine intelligence deny you anything? It's safe. You're a safe vehicle. You're a safe vessel to work through. <laughs> I love that. To be the safety factor. <laughs> I love that. So how did you found Namaste Publishing? How did that come about? Well, Julie, that is an amazing story in itself. It would probably take me an hour to give you all the details. But through my inner grower, I wanted to start a spiritual sangha, or I wanted to meditate or do spiritual inquiry in a group. I shared this with one of my colleagues. I was a management consultant at the time. And he said, oh, I I just met somebody from England who does that kind of thing. Should I ask him to come lead sangha in your office? I said, oh, John, that would be absolutely fabulous. The next week, We had gathered, and there was this little knock on the door. Very, you know, at first I didn't hear it, and then I did. And then I opened it, and there was this small, gentle being, Eckhart Tolle. So he came, and he led Sangha in my office every week. I think it was Wednesday at 5 o'clock. And so... He very quickly brought us into the now, into our inner bodies, into new awarenesses, into it's like it it happens so quickly. And I used to believe that I felt I changed every week, shifted that much in one week in Eckhart's presence and with his teaching. And I could see it, maybe not on my own face, but I could see it on the faces of those in the Sangha. They look different. 
they looked younger. There was a luminosity about them. And so it was kind of a confirmation to my inner sense of shifting that, yeah, we're all shifting and we're shifting pretty rapidly. So I'll get to the core. I got to know Eckhart very well. And I heard he was writing a book. That's my phone. This is a real, this is a real office. <laughs> so I got to know Eckhart very, very well. And I heard he was writing a book and I thought, oh, that's wonderful. He'll get his teaching out into the world. And then one day he asked me to be his publisher. So I found it, Namaste Publishing, for the express purpose of putting the power of now out into the world. Wow. Yeah. And that came, and Eckhart and I joined in oneness in that intent. And Julie, we didn't know if six people, 60, 60 million would read the book. It, it was irrelevant. It was just something we felt compelled to do. Like your friends who say, I just feel I've got to do this. There was this feeling of being compelled to put this out together. And I wasn't a publisher, you know, but I didn't let my ego interfere. I went through some vacillation. Oh, I've never published this before. What if I disappoint Eckhart? Where am I going to find the money? Da, 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 da. Nothing stopped. We just joined in oneness. And it was one of the most beautiful times of my life, working with Eckhart as his publisher on A New Earth and Stillness Speaks, the same thing. So it's, it's, I feel that sometime in probably another lifetime or some other dimension that Eckhart and I in our beingness agreed to show up in this life and put these books out together. Destiny, if you want to call it, spiritual destiny. Destino. <laughs> oh, I love it. Um, so, you know, I, I'm not, my ego doesn't get in the way of me asking what words mean. Vacillate. You use that as like you were in a vacillation. Yes. Like you're in like kind of the middle. Yes, like of course. Yeah. I mean, and there's like, of course, the ego's going to try and say, oh, come on, Connie, let's stop it. <laughs> this is no, no, no. And so I honestly went through that, but it was for, I would think, 10 minutes at the most. Mm -hmm. And then I crossed the bridge and there was no turning back. Amazing. I love, I'm adopting that word, vacillation. I'm in vacillation. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> should I? Shouldn't I? Shouldn't I? Why? No, no. Yes. Fascinating. Um, yes. The ego did not win out. <laughs> what did you say I didn't hear you? The ego did not win out in oh, that. Good. Yeah. Well, well, that was just divine. The world needed that message. That's so beautiful. So sometimes we share a story, and if you have one, it's just like that, right? Like that divinity of you and Eckhart meeting. It was the right place, the right time, and um, it was just you know it was God. You know there was yes. no other way than Source working miracles. Do you have another story like that? We call those angel stories. Well, this is kind of mundane compared to the coming together with Eckhart in oneness to do the Power of Now and subsequent books. But I feel so close to Archangel Shamiel. 
And Archangel Shamiel, as you likely know, is an angel that brings peace, that ignites the peace within you. And so this year, I've been calling on her all the time. But what she also does is she finds things for you. I call on her all the time. Where's my iPhone, Shamiel? I lost my earring. Where could that be? I mean, I call on her. I talk to her. I call on her. And not once has she not found me something that I needed. So that's it's a mundane, but it's real. And, and I know her energy. I could feel it. it's very different, of course, from Michael's. And I just feel her presence. I just love her. And apparently, Shamuel is not male or female, or maybe a male, but for me, her energy is very feminine. Well, it was funny when you were talking about Biza at the beginning, because I have an angel and you were talking about the like Biza and all of these, you know, coming in with at the end, because immediately when I started doing this work, I went through an energy healing program. And when I would be working on a volunteer, it was like in my mind's eye. I would just automatically see angels, guides, loved ones on the other side, like a spirit team all there for that person. And it would happen not just once, but for every person I work with, there is their spirit team. So immediately there was an angel and I went to go look at all of the angels that were listed. I was trying to find who this was. There's no information on her, Serafina. And I've worked with her since the very beginning. And just like Giza came in first for you, like that first energy. Then once I sat with Serafina, maybe it was like six months. Serafina. Yeah. 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 Friends, I hope that you have enjoyed this time with Constance as much as I have. Please reach out and get her book. It is everywhere books can be found. It is the how to inner peace. She also has the Chronicles of Biza, a student of truth. Two wonderful classic books that are sure to be on your nightstand for a very long time because you're going to just want to marry and the energy of them and keep coming back to these beautiful words. Thank you so much, Constance, for being Thank here. Thank you, Julie. Bless you. I love you. Namaste. Thank you. Namaste. Thank you so much. Beautiful souls, I'm so excited to announce that my book on angels and how they're working miracles in your life will be available on Amazon fall of 2021. If you're listening on or after fall of 2021, check it out. Friends, if you'd like to work with me each week, my angel membership program is perfect for you. You can join at any time and you get access to past courses. In 2021, I'll be teaching you about a new topic each month. We started the year in February with a course on oneness and raising your vibration. March is angel communication, how to hear your angels. April is trusting your intuition. May is knowing your soul's purpose. June is working with Archangel Raphael to learn self-energy healing techniques 
and Chakras 101. July is rewriting the stories you've been holding on to. August is all about rewiring your mind to move past blocks. September is energetically working through ancestral trauma. October is working with your inner child and Archangel Michael. November is a guide to being an empath. Then we're rounding out the year with a course in December that helps you connect with your loved ones on the other side to help you deepen your personal connection with them. And in January 2022, we'll be back with a whole new course on manifestation and co-creation. You get all of this live group access to me, two new pre-recorded Reiki healings, and advance notice to book a session with me when you're an angel member. Sign up for the angel membership anytime. If you're listening in 2022, please know that we're planning to add new content each month. For details and to sign up, view the show notes below. Friends, the only thing that's not included in the Angel Membership right now is the Angel Reiki School, where you learn to develop your unique spiritual gifts. Whereas the Angel Membership is about your awakening journey and your personal spiritual growth, the Angel Reiki School, on the other hand, certifies you as an Angel Reiki Master Teacher and teaches you the art of energy healing and bringing through messages for your clients. Friends, if you're feeling called to the Angel Reiki School, it's because the souls you're here to help on earth, well, their omnipresent piece of them, you know, their higher selves on the other side, that's what's behind you, pushing you, fueling you to become who you're meant to be. Because when you do, they know your work will shift the trajectory of their life here. That's what I mean when I say you have big, big purpose in this lifetime. A new class of the Angel Reiki School starts on the first of each month. Speaking of the Angel Reiki School, we're going to need about 800 volunteers this year. We select volunteers from people who've written a five-star positive review and emailed us a copy. That way, we have a way of contacting you for your free volunteer session. Many of you have asked if I'm still booking sessions, and the answer to that is yes. I love, love, love my sessions with you. We have a new system where we send out an email once a month with a link to my calendar for you to book online. It's really easy. All you have to do is sign up to be on my email list on my website, theangelmedium.com. I've been spending a ton of time going live with you on Instagram, TikTok, and Facebook, and I'm having a blast with it. Join me over on social and our newly launched YouTube channel for tons of new content, teaching videos, and actual video footage of these podcast episodes. Friends, from the bottom of my heart, thank you so, so much for being part of this community and listening to this show. I truly feel that this is your show and the angel's show, and I just feel so blessed to be a part of it. You're the most supportive community a podcaster could have. 
I pray for you every day. If you have a special prayer request, you can submit it through my website homepage and I'll be praying for you personally. Now for the oneness meditation, which is the last five minutes of every episode. And as you do this meditation, you'll raise your vibration and the vibration of the planet. Friends, what I want you to do is to just get into a relaxed position. Uh, if you are driving, operating machinery, need to concentrate, then this meditation is not for you. But anyone who is able to focus their attention on it, please join me. Friends, I want you to start by taking a deep breath in and a deep breath out. And I want you to imagine that your socks, your shoes are off and that your bare feet are able to connect with the soil of the earth. And down through the bottom, the soles of your feet are these large roots that go down far and wide into the earth. Those roots go down far and wide, anchoring you into the earth as if you were a tree yourself. And up through those roots comes this beautiful, yummy, tingly energy. It begins to tingle at the tip of your toes. I want you to allow this yummy, tingly energy to just dance up over your feet, around your ankles. Feel this yummy, tingly energy as it moves up over your calves, your shins, all the way up to your knees. Feel this energy at your knees and allow it to move up the thighs, the hamstrings all the way up to the sides of the hips. I want you to allow this energy to move from the hips up to the base of your spine, the base of your stomach. And I want you to feel this energy as it climbs up the spine and the stomach all the way up until it reaches your heart. surrounding the outside of your heart, filling the inside of your heart. Notice how your entire body comes into a gentle state of ease. Allow this energy to move up into the shoulders, into the neck. Feel it as it fills your entire head front to back, side to side, top to bottom. And then feel this energy as it moves through the hair follicles on the top of your head so that you feel this yummy tingliness two inches to ten feet or higher above the top of your head. Friends, you might feel like there's a string above your head lifting you up towards the sky. You might feel an 
airy floatiness. You might feel an expansive spaciousness. What I want you to do from here is imagine that there is this large opening at the crown of your head. It's the size of a cereal bowl, right? And I want you to imagine that it extends upwards towards heaven and that God sends this loving, peace-filled oneness energy. It's love, it's joy, it's peace, it's bliss, it's ease, it's grace. And God just sends this energy through the crown of your head. It moves through your head, down through your neck, down through your shoulders, and it starts to pull, this God energy starts to pull around your heart, within your heart. And I just want you to feel that for a moment. And I want you to just tap in and notice. I want you to notice that your heart, your physical heart, is one with your body. And I want you to notice that your heart and your body are one with the air surrounding you. surrounding you are one with all life here on earth, all plants, all people, all animals, all life on earth. And now notice how your heart, body, air surrounding you, all life here on earth are connected to everything everywhere. Friends, did you notice how your body got more expansive, your energy got more expansive, and you could feel out into your auric field, you could feel out into the energy of the world, into the energy of everything everywhere. Friends, that is oneness, and you can carry oneness with you in stop here. I don't want you to open up your eyes. I want you to continue this meditation and to see that surrounding you are angels. You have guardian angels around you. You have cherub angels holding the space open for you to get into oneness at any time. You have archangels working with you in every area of your life. You have loved ones on the other side. See them. See them in detail, friends, because you seeing them in detail is the exact same thing as you going to them on the other side, knocking on their door, asking them to spend time with you. They love you so incredibly much. They want to spend time with you. They want to develop that relationship with you. When they're there, you're here. I know it's different, but you can still have that beautiful, incredible relationship. All of these beings, your angels, your guides, your loved ones on the other side, they form your spirit team 
who's always working to guide you, direct you, protect you. Friends, what I want you to do is just take some time with them right here, right now. What they want you to know is that they are working with you all the time. What they want you to know is that they are sending you signs and symbols to show you that they're next to you. Friends, they ask you to see that they are bringing in gift after gift after gift through your heart chakra to bless your life with miracles. Friends, it's your job to remain open, to believe, and to trust that they are working miracles in your life. Friends, I love you. They love you so incredibly much. Stay open and know, believe, trust, have faith, know like you know like you know that they are working with you always. See you here next time. Have a blessed day.